stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about coming through the fire, life before and after termination, and to kind of help us have this conversation today, we have Charles Brewer, who's the Director of Public Works with the City of Red Oaks, Texas. Charles, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and then also returning, that Charles is returning and Jordan is also returning. We have Jordan Goldrich, who's partner with Custom Matrix, an executive consulting and coaching firm. Uh, Jordan, thank you also for being with us. Great. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, and Jordan and Charles, before we kind of dive into today's topic, I'm going to ask you just to share a little bit about yourselves and uh, your backgrounds. Uh, Charles, why don't we start with you? Okay, I have over 20 years of uh, professional experience working with city governments. I have been a director of public works for 15 of those years for four different municipalities. Currently, as you indicated, I'm with the city of Red Oak, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, Texas. I've worked for the city of Forest Hill, Texas. I've worked for College Park, Georgia, and Safety Harbor, Florida. Uh, my background is in engineering. Um, I've had management authority over streets, stormwater, parks, water distribution, wastewater collection system. I am a um, graduate of Prairie View a University in mechanical engineering, and I guess my professional affiliations would be with the National Forum for Black Public Administrators, American Public Works Association, and Omega Psi Phi Fraternity. Well, welcome to the show, Charles. Thank you. Yeah, pleased to have you and your wealth of knowledge uh, on the line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Jordan, want to say a little bit about yourself? Well, I uh, draw on my background as a former chief operating officer of a healthcare company and um, now a Center for Creative Leadership uh, master coach. Just, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the center, it's one of the larger international companies that does uh, executive development and leadership development. So it helps, helps people from large companies develop the skills they need to get promoted and whatnot. I'm also a licensed therapist and, in the past, a uh, certified employee assistance professional. And what I do is I help senior leaders and managers develop the strategic and the self-management and the people skills to be successful in their positions and get promoted. 
Um, I also am a specialist in resolving workplace conflict. And so uh, my guess is that some of you out there have known companies with senior teams that are very talented, very bright, very driven, but they're causing their company to lose a lot of money, people, and productivity because they don't collaborate well. And um, I guess the other thing I could mention is I designed a program at San Diego State called Coaching for Organizational Excellence for Human Resources People and Consultants and Trainers who want to learn how to use coaching skills. So I'll just stop there. Fabulous. And Jordan, um, always a pleasure to have you on the show, too, and really appreciate all of the um, insight, expertise, and talent that you bring as well. Well, thank you, Cheryl. That's very nice. Thank you. I want to invite our listening audience and remind you that you, too, can uh, join in the conversation by either emailing input or calling in. The call-in number is 1-866-472-5790, 1-866-472-5790. Or you may email Dr. G, dr.g at innovisions.org. That's dr dot g at i n n o v i s i o n s dot org. All right. So, you know, this topic is a topic that I think um, Charles, when you were doing your show, you kind of uh, mentioned as we talked about confronting and developing employees, and then as you and I debriefed a little bit after the show, um, we thought it'd be a really um, maybe helpful thing for us to kind of further discuss this topic that many people don't really want to think about and certainly don't want to experience, and yet uh, so many, well, none of us are immune to facing the possibility of being terminated. Um, And um, I think in this day and age, you know, people have experienced loss of jobs for a number of different reasons, including budget cuts. but just thought it would be good to just be able to have a conversation and share experiences related to this um, somewhat um, taboo, one might say, topic. And so also want to express my gratitude to both of you ahead of time and just being willing to, you know, come onto the show today and um, and share your experiences and the lessons that you learned um, leading up to going through, reflecting on, moving on from having been terminated from jobs yourself. And, and myself, having been in that, in that space as well, I just know that um, it's certainly a painful situation um, and yet one that's certainly um, rich with learning opportunity. So I'll just stop there and invite Jordan to maybe begin first by sharing the circumstances that led up to your being terminated. Ah, yes. So I I was the vice president of operations of this little uh, healthcare company which got bought by Blue Cross of California. And um, I I think probably a good way to talk about this would be to say that my uh, New York, coming from a loud family personality, worked very well in a... um, a small entrepreneurial firm that was growing and where we were basically holding everything together by the seat of our pants. Um, however, that behavior didn't work quite so well uh, once we were bought by Blue Cross of California. 
um, which is a it, which was at the time a nonprofit insurance company. I, I'm not sure you could get more conservative or more hierarchical. And so um, I hung on for about two or three years, and uh, one day I was sitting in my office, and I got a call from my boss. And I came down, she wanted me to come down and see her, and I walked down uh, to her office, and there sitting in her office was the Vice President of Human Resources, whose office, by the way, was four hours away. And being a, a quick study, I realized this is not a good thing. And um, sure enough, they told me that they were uh, ending my uh, employment because of mismanaging my budget, which really caught my attention because I had been talking and raising issues about my budget and hadn't been able to get any answers. And so uh, about a week later, I bumped into the woman who had been my uh, uh, partner from the finance function around developing my budget in a, in a bakery near the office. And she came over and she said, Jordan, I, I really need to apologize to you. And I said, why? And she said, well, you know those meetings where you were sitting there telling me there's something wrong with your overhead, and I looked at you like I had no clue what you were talking about. I said, well, yes, I do. And she said, well, I did know what was wrong, and I was told by our boss that if I told you, I'd lose my job. So it was very clear to me at that moment that I had been set up. And um, I realized I had a choice. I am, as I mentioned earlier, a licensed therapist, and I'm also an executive coach, which means I work with managers and leaders about how to achieve results. And one of the things that I always teach is it's a lot better to focus on what it is that you control rather than focus on what was done to you. And at that moment, I realized I could spend the next 10 years feeling set up and gotten and bitter and victimized, or I could focus on what was it that I might have done in that situation to get a different response. And I had to admit that it, that it wasn't like I hadn't had past managers, mentors, friends, et cetera, tell me that I needed to be more persuasive and negotiative and less of a bull in a china shop. And I knew that she didn't like that behavior. Mm -hmm. Jordan, I'm going to have you pause for a moment. What would be the two differences? You'd had, um, you've been told you need to be more of a persuasive um, manager versus a bull in the the china shop. But what what are the differences? Talk to me. Well, the difference would be, in one case, being very direct, opinionated, and perhaps even slightly judgmental. I I, I was not inappropriate. I didn't, you know, use profanity with people, but I definitely had some attitude. And um, I definitely, it was clear when I thought someone was doing something that was, was crazy or inappropriate or not competent or what have you. And... I wasn't real careful about where I used that tone, mm-hmm. as opposed to being more tactful, respectful, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And as I'm saying, that worked very well in a, in a small entrepreneurial organization that was more informal. It just did not work well in this. And clearly, tricked do some things which um, arguably weren't very high integrity. But really, the bottom line is, had I been a little bit more subservient, um, I probably would have been able to leave at my own chosen time. So 
that is that is the story. The you know the learnings flow from there in terms of making some decisions about how I'm going to be going forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and then we'll dive a little bit more into those. I'm going to bring Charles in and say uh, that's not Charles. Yeah, actually Charles. And I think before I ask you, Charles, about your own experience, any thoughts that you have in relation to what Jordan has shared about his experience? I guess there are similarities when you find yourself. Um, at the upper part of your management group that uh, the same tactic is used probably across the world of without notice getting called into an office and when you walk in um, you see fellow managers such as the HR director and in my case I worked as a an assistant city manager for a city in Georgia at which time when my city manager called me into the office I not only saw the HR director, but I saw the police chief. And I'm sitting telling myself, is there something up that I missed, that I missed my meeting notice? And when I hear the words coming out of uh, her lips saying, it's just not working, I'm going to have to let you go, feeling my whole insides just drop to the floor, not knowing what I had done, thinking that all employees, if you do a good job, are going to be fe- uh, treated fairly, even if it's from a progressive disciplinary uh, process. If you do wrong, just let me know what's going on. But not to have known anything or seen any signs, but find out that all of a sudden that your job has been taken away from you. In my case, I had worked 22 years before that point, um, never got to where I, I had been uh, disciplined on any of my positions, then told it's not going to work knowing I had a family at home that I needed to put food on the table, it just devastated me. But uh, So I see a lot of the similarities um, in what Jordan talked about, and it's not a great feeling, but it's something that the reason I was talking to you that that we need to share this, this information to everybody because you have to learn to just realize it's not just you that this happens to, to. It doesn't matter if you have been doing an excellent job. It may happen for whatever reason. They just may not like you. There may be budgetary constraints involved with the decision. But there's some things you need to do to prepare yourself because guess what? It might happen to you tomorrow. Okay. And so, Charles, before we move forward, well, looks like we need to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about the similarities, and then we're going to go into some things that others may need to do. So we're going to uh, take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are there any challenges to your success? You already have what it takes to turn these challenges into results in any area. Find out more when you tune in to The Power of Realism, Why Integrity Matters, with host Jeffrey Canavan. We all deal with adversity and challenges in life and business. We'll talk with those individuals who have faced these challenges and turn them into success stories. By making just a few shifts in your thinking, you too can be one of these success stories. The Power of Realism airs live on Thursdays at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 
858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about coming through the fire, life before and after termination. And with us today we have two guests that have agreed to really um, come on and share from their own perspective their experiences with this topic. We have Charles Brewer, who is the Director of Public Works with the City of Red Oaks, Texas. Thanks again, Charles. Thank you. And Charles and um, Jordan Goldrich, partner with Custom Matrix an executive consulting and coaching firm. Thanks, Jordan. Well, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Charles, before we went to break, I was going to ask you, um, just you had alluded to that there are some things in Jordan's um, story that may be parallels or you can identify from your own experience. I want to have you kind of pick up there and then share what your experience was, and then we'll kind of move forward uh, from that context. Yes, as I was saying, the actual termination process was similar to where I was totally blindsided, had no idea what was coming, assuming that I've been doing a, a, if no further than a great job, at least a, a an acceptable job, having had no disciplinary action, but then to get called in and, and this happened. Um, it's just a, a jaw-dropping experience. Uh, as we was kind of talking during the break, I could kind of feel the shaking in my body again, but uh, there's a lot of, you know, similarities in, in the process when you uh, don't see it coming particularly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so Charles, what were the circumstances that led up to your being terminated? Well, I, it, I had left a stable job, as I said, as a public works director of another smaller city in that Georgia area, and trying to pursue what I thought was a career advancement, I became an assistant city manager for a neighboring city. While I was there, I had a what I felt was a very good working relationship with the city manager. I mean, we would regularly go out to eat in order to discuss city matters. 
um, situation occurred where she had a near near fatal traffic accident, which placed me as the interim city manager for six weeks. Uh, during that particular time, um, I have been told that my manager style is can be direct also. Um, my engineering background makes me want to really kind of dot my I's and cross my T's. And with me knowing that I'm now representing the city and accountable for what's presented to the city council, I actually uh, worked with the directors and actually, I guess, ruffled some of their tails. They may have a little more freedom than they had before with the uh, city manager. But I would request them to make modifications to their reports. And when we go to council meeting, no, no question was answered. But apparently that ruffled some of the tails. And when it, I, she got back, never discussed anything that I had done anything wrong. But I could feel uh, a difference in our working relationship. Not that I was told anything was wrong, but I could just feel it. And to date, to this point, I still don't know the concrete reasons why. I do realize that also there was budgetary reasons the whole time I was in the position. I'm up here questioning the need for an assistant city manager because the city manager that was there had all her department heads report directly to her. So it could have been a combination of uh, cost savings, but it still wasn't told to me like that. And at that time when it happened to me, I mean, my future was flying in front of my eyes and I didn't know what to expect to accept. I didn't know if I should take a termination or should I voluntarily resign because I want to keep my resume at least good without having to explain while I got terminated. So I went on and after she told me that, requested could I terminate, could I be, could I resign? And that's how I actually ended that tenure. But it was one of those forced, forced, forced uh, resignations. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Charles, um, mm-hmm. for sharing that. And, you know, I, I will um, uh, share that having been in a similar situation where, you know, I had worked for years and similar to what you said, never really had any uh, challenges um, as it relates to from my supervisory ranks in thinking that I would be terminated from a position. I did find myself in a situation where I had... Um, I had a clear indicator that, uh, you know, my uh, superiors wanted me to discipline staff for things that I really did not agree with. And with my um, not being in a line with carrying out what I thought was uh, transferring responsibility to them for things that really were, in my assessment, my manager's shortcomings and not necessarily the direct report shortcomings, mm-hmm. um, it led to my feeling very vulnerable. Um, and I kind of saw it coming, um, but I don't think until it really happens that you really, <laughs> you see it coming, you know what I'm That's saying? Right. It's That's like, right. oh, my God, did that just happen? And it is a very uh, difficult space to be in. Um Jordan, I want to bring you back in the conversation. I know you shared some lessons learned. Any other thoughts that you can think of in retrospect with regards to lessons learned from having experienced that? Um, Charles, I'm going to then kind of ask you the same okay. thing. Okay. And, uh, you know, what are the tips that we can provide others with regards to, you know, I think for some it may be about avoiding um, uh-huh. or not putting yourself in a space to be so vulnerable to get terminated. And, and another space of learning may be how do you move on? from having been terminated. So either of those spaces to go in. Jordan, why don't we start with you, and then we'll transition to Charles. 
Okay. So I think the biggest thing for me, at the time that this happened, the book that I'm going to refer to had not been written. But there is now a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Mm-hmm. And the research on managers and leaders and executives indicates that most people get to a certain place in their career and then get faced with the usual kinds of ways that they show up as a person are no longer effective. And so through most of my career, my high drive for results, my, you know, sort of take no prisoners, go after the, um, you know, go after the end result, much less focus on diplomacy and much more on direct communication, worked for me. And I got up to a certain place and in a certain environment where it didn't. So in terms of what people ought to look for in their careers, I think, is is as organizations change uh, or as they get promoted, um, they need to reassess whether or not the things that that they're doing uh, are are still positive in this new environment. There's There's a term called derailers. So here you are, a train going along the track, and all of a sudden the train isn't on the track anymore. And uh, really, usually in retrospect, you you can figure out what they were. So if there's some heightened awareness, if you're if you're getting uh, feedback about how you're showing up, about either you're avoiding conflict and not being um, direct enough, and, and being kind of what they call passive aggressive, or you're being uh, too direct and leaving a trail of bruised people behind you, um, or any number of other things. Um, those are the things to be looking for. What what are the success factors in this new position? Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you, Jordan. And how about yourself, Charles? Well, I want to add that, um, surprisingly, even though my termination was over six years ago, it wasn't really until this past April when I attended a um, conference in Chicago sponsored by the National Forum of Black, Black Public Administrators, and one of the sessions was called Surviving the Uninspected. And one of the slides that uh, they presented had 10 steps, and I'm going to read these out to you. Number one, allow yourself time to grieve. Number two, save up for a rainy day. Number three, lean on friends, mentors, and coaches. Number four, self-evaluation personal and professional. Number five, set worthwhile goals. Number six, develop a plan B. Number seven, network. Number eight, put pride in its place. Number nine, use social media carefully. And number 10, be positive. And until I heard all of this and and listened to their presentation, it, it really hadn't all come together. And I think I found myself being able to successfully move on because I didn't keep dwelling on the fact that I lost my job. What did I do? How could I have done better? I came to the point that I just accepted it. This was was done, right or wrong. So how do I move forward to get out of this grief state or get out of this? In my case, I was mad. I mean, I thought I had been done wrong. So how do I get out this stage and move on? Because that's what you have to now do is continually sell yourself. But um, 
So these are the steps that really helped uh, me to move on mm-hmm. that and I didn't Joy, really... Was the, um, do you remember who the presenter of, was, of that it, um, particular workshop yes, was? Yes, it was um, two presenters. One was uh, Paulette Holmes. She's uh, an executive director for Human Resources at a San Antonio Housing Authority and a Aretha Ferris Benavides, a deputy secretary of the district government of the District of Columbia. Okay, and great. That whole Just presentation give... is online if anybody wanted to look at it, uh, www.nfbpa.org. Great. And it's called Surviving the Unexpected. Great. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure I gave them some credit for that wonderful um, list that they gave you. Yes. Charles, was that nfba.org? Yes. Yes. Say it one more time, um, Charles. Okay. The the it stands for the National Forum for Black Public Administrators. So that's www.nfbpa.org. Okay. Great. Wonderful. And so, um, Charles didn't want to interrupt you, but didn't want to lose um, getting sight of giving them credit for putting oh. that list together. So could you continue your thought if I hadn't made you lose it? <laughs> well, I was just saying it was a part of, I mean, it's been six years since my mm-hmm. termination, and and now that I sat in this session and, and listened to the, the steps that they talked about, and I could go back and retract the things that I actually did. Yes, I had a time of initial depression. I had a time of being initially mad. I had a time of me trying to go back and recount what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Instead of using that time positively and moving forward, there was even a time that I realized I should have been networking more, even during the time that I had a job, so that I could pick up the phone and call somebody to ask them did they have any referrals or anything else. So it's a whole list of things that you cannot just sit in your corner and think your job is going to come to you. What has happened has happened. It has happened for a reason. Don't look at it as being negative. Your blessing is still yet to come. And mm-hmm. I'm happy as I don't know what to be here in, in Texas. Um, the job is great. And I think it was meant for me to be here. I touched people while I was in those other jobs. But we're not always at places for long tenures. We sometimes may have just a season somewhere. And I really, truly believe that. So don't look at what happened to you negative. Uh, your blessing is still yet to come. Great. Thank you, Charles. Sounds like we need to transition to another commercial break. But when we come back, I'm going to add to it because I think I experienced the same in in leaving, and then um, Jordan will bring you back into this conversation as well. So we're going to take a short break and then be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca provides those of you eager to invest well in real estate with the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus is to help you maximize your real estate investment dollars. Listen live to the brightest minds in investment real estate every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about coming through the fire, life before and after termination. And uh, Charles and Jordan, again, thank you so much for being on the line and being willing to have this conversation. Uh, Charles Brewer is the Director of Public Works with the City of Red Oaks, Texas, and Jordan Goldrich, partner with Custom Matrix, an executive consulting and coaching firm. Charles, as you spoke, you know, I, it was really... Um, ringing true to me much of what you were saying because I know in my experience um, even though like I said I felt vulnerable in the moments where I found myself out of alignment which is always a dangerous space to be in with one's um, um, direct supervisor but in finding myself out of alignment and not feeling like I could with integrity um, discipline employees for things that I just really didn't feel were within their control or um, they should ultimately have been responsible for, um, you know, I, I found myself really having to um, not, I didn't feel a sense of, of trust. I felt like all I could do was trust in my faith and my relationship with God um, because I didn't feel like there was anyone that I could even go to in that moment mm-hmm. um, other than my faith. And uh, But when that moment came, when I found myself um, being pretty much like in your situation, forced to leave, um, being asked or actually being terminated, and then me actually transitioning and and it being a situation where I ended up um, instead doing a resignation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but knowing the circumstances behind it all, it's very devastating experience. Um, yet, um, you know, I was certainly blessed to move forward and to move into you know a position when I having left there that was probably a much better fit for my skill set paid me significantly more mm-hmm. and um and really in many ways created a better uh situation in my life um so 
that door closed and it closed before I would have ever closed it, um, yet uh, it was definitely a blessing and I think I um, I prayed myself through it <laughs> mm-hmm. and just um, did the things that you actually had on your list as it relates to accepting it. Um, started networking, reached out to others to say, hey, no longer in that space, moving into another space. And in that um, was, you know, the the position that I then transitioned to was not something that I actually applied for. I had two great employment opportunities that just presented themselves to me, and I was able to choose one that I thought was the best fit for myself. And neither one of them would have been presented had I still been, you know, trying to make things work in that other organization. Mm-hmm. So um, things happen, and um, and uh, we do much of what was listed on that, that uh, list that you uh, provided us with to kind of survive, put it all back together, and move on. And I think the acceptance is so big with regards to the grieving process. I think allowing ourselves to grieve and then accepting that this has happened, but then also uh, finding the trust within ourselves and wherever people draw their strengths from, for me, a lot of my strength comes from my, um, you know, practices, my faith, and um, and moving with that and reaching out to others and saying, I am in this space and I am available and wanting to share these talents. And, uh, you know, and again, just um, myself having been blessed to come through that situation. Uh, Jordan, I want to invite you back into this conversation. Sure. And any, anything particular you'd like me to comment on or just... No, just if there are some thoughts in general that you want to share relative to... Sure. Sure. Well, I was thinking, I was all the way back to Charles um, talking about it's taken him five to six years to recover. Uh, I'm in my 12th year since that happened, and it wasn't until about three years ago that I started to talk about this mm-hmm. in this way, in any public way. So... I can certainly relate. I um, and and back to the the list of things to do. I what really jumped out at me was the networking piece, which is really finding a job is a job, mm-hmm. and you have to get out there and be network. Most jobs are gotten through networking, and so, but at the same time, you're in this situation where you're embarrassed, you're you know humiliated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I had a, I, I realized that um, this was an opportunity that was being given to me to explore the interconnection between making a lot of money and my self-esteem and how connected those two things were. So going from I'm a, I'm an executive in a in a uh, healthcare company on my way to being a millionaire to oh my god I don't have a job <laughs> <laughs> was 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 really big and so. Um, also, uh, you know, relating to, to Cheryl's um, story as well around, um, you know, who do you fall back on? Who do you, who do you, you know, what are, what, what it, it takes you to the foundations of who you are. And I guess you can run away from it or you can just sit there and be uncomfortable and figure it out. And, mm-hmm. um, so that's really what can, comes up for me. Yeah, you know, in the networking, I think for me was um, big, and um, and I think though for me, I use electronic means, and um, 
I think I ex- I was grieving, but while grieving, I still accepted. I think sooner and was open to saying to people, it didn't work out, I'm transitioning on. I had done consulting, so basically pretty much put an announcement out back that I was going into doing consulting. But out of just going to putting my entire address book that I had at the time out there saying, hey, that didn't work out, I'm back doing consulting, out of those contacts that I sent out electronically came two job you know, opportunities that I had not applied for either of them. They were just, hey, come talk to me. I think we could use you know, your skill set. And, uh, yeah, but it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been out there. Networking. No, absolutely, mm-hmm. I agree. Right. And, right. or, or had I just withdrawn and not let people know that, hey, that if I tried to hide it, pretend like I'm still doing what I was doing, you know, I think being open and um, relative to saying I, I need to get reconnected into doing other things, I think certainly makes a difference. Charles, any additional thoughts on you? I know one of the things that you wanted to underscore when we went to break was just, the survival piece, uh, you know, having something saved for a rainy day. Right. That's one of the things that could even make your whole bottom drop out when you know you necessarily haven't planned like you uh, would have loved. You know, everybody cannot necessarily save the big monies and and then get um, terminated or loss of a job and survive, you know, a year or two. Uh, a lot of people in today's times are living uh, check to check. But in my particular case, I did have actually a retirement that was being built since I worked with city governments. And while I hated that I had to file on it and got even mad the year later when Uncle Sam hit me a second time dealing with my taxes, I was still grateful that I had that to draw on. And so I think having the finances to still be able to pay your mortgage, still put food on the fam- on the table for your family, buy your clothes, do those things, and particularly to where your spouse is not suffering, you know, because they are experiencing your depression and going what you do also, I think that's the thing to help. So the key thing I'm trying to tell or share with people, find a way if it's to put money into a retirement or create a savings because you never know. And when that bottom drops and, and they say this is your last check, you still got to live and survive. So how do you do that plan now? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, we actually have received a question from um, our listening audience. It's Taylor in, in Nevada who wrote in, my supervisor and I have a cultural relationship, but I feel he is setting me up for termination. I feel this because my work is always questioned. He is very critical, and even though I am a senior manager, I'm often given menial tasks to perform things that the assistant could handle. What um, things can I do to protect myself and keep my position? I have considered confronting him and asking. Um, Any thoughts for Taylor? Uh, Charles, do you want to take that away? (laughs) Uh, I guess uh, I'll I'll start a little bit on it. Uh, I guess be a realist and understand the cards that may be being dealt to you. Uh, Don't walk around with blinders and act like, oh, I'm just totally safe. Maybe that manager is building his case against you, a paperwork trail, and that termination uh, may be right around the corner. So don't necessarily wait till that final nail gets put into the coffin. Start, uh, you know, and, and don't look at it to where you have lost the battle because you decide that you want to move on. Some battles are just not worth fighting. And as I said, that there are other things that's going to to be out there that even may be better. 
realize that probably that manager themselves have no plans on going anywhere else. So sometimes we say, well, maybe I can out uh, live and survive his ten his or her tenure. But that might not be the real world. But if you see those nails being driven in your in your coffin, sometimes it's not much we can do when we're under that manager. But we have to realize that maybe our best bet may be to go on and grow. And I bet you there's a lot better things out there for you. Okay. And, Jordan, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to, but it looks like we need to take another break. So we're going to take a short break, and then we will come back and hear your response if you have some thoughts for Taylor, and then hear some final thoughts from each of you. So we're going to take a short break and be back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network when you are trying to establish your financial plan there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs how do you manage all of it to find a plan that'll work for you tune in to the insightful investor with bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and the Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about Coming Through the Fire, Life Before and After Termination. And um, Taylor from Nevada had sent in a question. Charles, thank you for sharing your initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. Jordan, do you have some additional thoughts? Well, what, what really stands out 
uh, in, in Taylor's question is the question of, should I confront or ask? And being the person that I am, um, my reaction in my day might have been to confront. You know, where do you get off? Where do you get off treating me this way? And so, um, I, one of the things that the, my intuition tells me that one of the things that might be helpful for you, Taylor, is to ask yourself whether you have some of those what we call derailers. Uh, you know, am I coming across too strident, um, etc.? And on the other hand, um, there are times you got to confront. I, you know, there's no, there's no absolute rule. Um, my preference would be ask. Uh, from the point of view of I need your help, I'm, I'm seeing these things happen, I'm interpreting them as there's a problem with my performance, is there anything I need to worry about or what do I need to do to get back on your good side or whatever it is. I, I'm guessing there have been some some clues in there and managers avoid telling people because it's a hard thing to do. Um, so sometimes it seems like they were cruel and they lied to me, but really what was going on on the other end is that they just wanted to avoid that conversation because they didn't want to face how uncomfortable it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, that resonates with me, too, with regards to just um, being willing to um, respectfully ask um, yes. and, and having the conversation. And, um, and even if the conversation leads to, yeah, you know, quite frankly, doesn't feel like you're a good fit, then even being able to have a conversation, if there is going to be a transition out, are you transitioning out of the organization to another space within the organization, on whose terms, on what terms, um, you know, sometimes um, those are, those can be positive conversations to have versus it being, you know, sometimes we're working at odds against things that we don't have to work at odds against. And I know, Charles, you were saying at the break, you know, we all kind of struggle with, well, am I going to let you force me out of the organization? Um, and, you know, what does it come down to? Sometimes it's who has the most influence within the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then choosing your battles and then also choosing your strategy and also choosing the tactic with regards to what's next. Um yeah, so I, I think that there's a number of things that have probably come up in in the conversation, and I think that all of us feeling empowered and uh, not finding ourselves in a space where we feel like a victim or we've been victimized as much as we're in a space, and what do we, how do we empower ourselves to do something about it? And Jordan, I loved your thoughts with regards to kind of takes me back to Doug Walker, making sure that we're focusing not only on results, but focusing on relationships that both mm-hmm. are important. Um, what got us there doesn't always mean it's going to keep us there. So being flexible and looking at the success factors for each of the environments, each of the situations that we find ourselves in, and then heightening our own awareness around potential derailers and how we can um, position ourselves for greater success. Any other um, thoughts that either of you can think of relative this top, to this topic that you want to share with our um, listeners before we wind down our conversation today? Uh, just one last thought, which would be there was a time, and I, I lived through that time, when there was a social contract about being hired. Um, come on in, we'll keep you, we'll be loyal to you, you be loyal to us, etc. And I think just back to Charles' comment about the economy and we we live in times where you can lose your job just because 
you know, the, the, the stock market dropped 15 points in a particular mm-hmm. sector. So you have to be constantly looking and, and assessing what's coming. You have to be thinking about it almost as if you are your own company. And so um, the other thought I had for Taylor was um, it never hurts to get out there and just nose around a little bit and see what might be available for you somewhere else. doesn't mean you have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting a taste of reality is, is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned at the break, um, Cheryl, about you always got to keep your resume ready at a, at, at a moment in this environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess I would like to say, uh, you know, to everyone who has lost a job, it might be close to losing it, or you may lose it tomorrow. Um, I, I've got to say these words again that I learned from this session I went to at the conference. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You can survive the unthinkable. And I think what I experienced has actually made me a better manager and even a better person. I think now I'm still at a director level where I am implementing disciplinary action to employees, which is sometimes resulting in termination. But I have a lot more desire to try to be sure I'm just taking it to the nth degree of trying to work with his employees to be sure that I've identified what problems or concerns he is going through to try to find out if there's corrective actions or things we could do together before I have to draw that ultimate line because I'm saying I've tasted that bitter pill of being terminated, knowing how it impacts not just me but my family. So it's while it's felt negative, I am feeling blessed that it has happened to me and made me a better person. Mm, you know, I'm glad that you kind of took us there because that is something I wanted to talk, and maybe that's another episode, but really kind of thinking about being on the other side of, of termination and people who are having to let go of someone. And I think I'm, I'm sure that uh, I know I have found myself on um, that side of the coin and uh, and have worked with people that were in the process of having to terminate. Any thoughts come to mind with regards to um, what – you would say to someone who's actually on the side of the coin where they're doing the termination? Um, my thought would be, and, and, and it just makes sense, Both, uh, all three of us have the experience of not having had a clear communication mm-hmm. and how painful that is. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it, my experience having, I've also terminated people, and, and ironically, I also teach people how to terminate people and how to give <laughs> feedback about job performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the paradox about this is that um, the sooner you let people know that what they're doing could lead to discipline or termination, really the better. And it's totally counterintuitive because most people at the early stages feel, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to whip out the cannons on them right now. I don't want to go there. Well, the reality is the times that I haven't and I was careful and I didn't upset people, I ended up with some pretty angry people who felt treated badly. And the times that I was less concerned early on with their feelings and more concerned with being very clear that if this kind of thing keeps going, it could lead to a bad way, either they shaked up or at the end they said you were fair with me. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, Charles, any final thoughts from yourself? No, just once again, keep, you know, you need to keep your head up. Just realize that you're not going through something that 
millions of other people have not gone through, but you cannot sit in your little corner and gloom and be and be bitter and be mad. Accept it, move on, grow, even if it means putting your resume out in a different state. Don't feel like you're stuck in your area, but you have to move on, and I guarantee you there's going to be something better for you um, in, in the long run. Right, great. Thank you. And I would say... Um if I'm, if someone finds himself in that space of having to terminate someone else, make sure they do it in a way that is indeed uh, with dignity, respect, and uh, and grace. That's um, right. Again, Charles and Jordan, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you also to our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at two o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters: Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.